What's up, Internet? You're tuned into this week's edition of the Comics Pals Comic Book Reviews. Uh, we're on this week's show. We're going to be rev- uh, reviewing issue number one of Alien by Philip Kennedy Johnson, Salvador LaRocca, and Guru EFX on uh, colors, I believe, on that one. And then we're also going to be taking a look at Ultra Mega number one by James Harren and Dave Stewart with Russ Wooten on letters. We're going to start with Alien. Um, because I'm gonna start by offering my thoughts. I like this book less, so that's why we're starting with it. Oh, okay, great choice, great choice. <laughs> so, um, as I've said on the the show proper, uh, the original Alien is uh is my favorite horror movie. Um, I love a good atmospheric uh, piece of horror, love a good monster movie, and I think Alien is one of the best of both of those. Um, mm. Aliens. Fun action movie, but I don't think quite as good. Um, it's good though. It's very good. It's good. Yeah, it's, it's just, good sci- sci-fi. It's as very different. To yeah. Horror. Yeah. Yes. Very. Yeah. Totally. For eighties action, it's still very top notch. I would yeah. definitely agree with that. Um, yeah. Other than that, the it's al- been rough. The Alien franchise has been rough. Yeah. Like, there's Alien Three, which is okay. It's fine. It's okay. Alien Four. Uh, uh, insurrection, I think. Or no, resurrection. resurrection. That's the one. Terrible. Where they bring her back from the grave, and it's in the future. And terrible good, movie. Not good at all. There's Alien versus Predator. Schlock. Fun but bad. Yeah. There's Alien versus Predator. Uh, what's that sequel? It has a, as a colon. Judgment Day or something like. Really bad. Yeah. There's Prometheus. Boring. Not good. Uh, Sean, of course, would fight us tooth and nail on that. He's a big fan. And then there's finally uh, Alien. Uh, whew, what's the last one that came out? I don't remember, but I didn't see it. Did another one come out? There was a, yeah, there was a sequel to Prometheus. Uh, also bad. Oh, no, thank you. Right. So you've got a, you've got a franchise uh, where its highs are just extremely high. And genre defining, yeah, genre defining, and the lows are everything else. Yeah, Alien Covenant. That was the last one. Oh, that's it. Alien Covenant. Not great. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So jumping into this, um, my expectations were low because as much as I love the first two Alien films, and I think there's a lot of cool mythology and everything to it, like there's a lot. There's a lot more bad alien content than good alien content in my experience, right? I've never read other alien comics, so if there's great ones out there, no disrespect intended. Um, the, the Dark Horse alien comics were popular. Sure. That's what, what I've heard, yeah. So, you know, jumping into it kind of with all that at the table, like I I wasn't expecting much, um, but I I was disappointed still somehow like i just i (laughs) really yeah i just didn't enjoy it like i i thought the art felt very stiff um yeah and shined in spots maybe in spots but it it felt it felt a little sterile i think and and a little stiff and and i just it it didn't i struggled to connect with it on that level and then in terms of it as the narrative it is really far removed from all the things about alien that I like or care about. Um, it, it does that thing that some comics try to do where it tries to be really realistic and it's people and stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This kind of photorealism style of art. 
yeah, that's kind of Salvador Roca's bag, um, and he doesn't do it that well. Yeah, I, I remember his run on Iron Man uh, was not great. I think that was with Matt Fraction, and then uh, uh, our old friend Murphy uh, from the Longbox Podcast when Salvador Roca was on X Men used to just straight up call his art sexless. <laughs> I do remember that. Yes. The antithesis of an X-Men comic. Yeah. I will say, like, so we're introduced kind of quickly to this double spread of like all the xenomorphs. I think that page looks really cool. I like the way it looks. I don't know. I didn't like it. Like, I just, really? Yeah. Like it, it looks too like, and it looks slick. Like it, it just, it looks like. And aliens, the xenomorphs are very disgusting pulsating creatures yeah slimy they're drooling and like they look very clean and shiny that's something that happened after the first two alien movies for sure yeah they got cool instead of yeah they got like too cool instead of terrifying and and visceral and for not for nothing i don't think they look good when they're in cgi like the the Mm. first two movies feel good because they feel real and visceral and like this nasty fucking like, I don't know. Costumes like fucking, and practical effects. Yeah, yeah, and like obviously, like HR Giger's de- de- HR um, Giger. design and everything. Right? It, it gives it gives it this very like, oh, like it's like a, it's like it looks like a monster had sex with a gimp and like created this horrific <laughs> offspring that is here to drag you into its disgusting nightmares. You know, and that I just I never expected you to say, homie. Here we are. H.R. Giger, who's always expect the unexpected. (laughs) I love that that's that's the extent of your Giger impression. You just go, oh, Giger. It's a German artist. (laughs) Yeah, you're a real artist. (laughs) And Um, I I like to take the unexpected of a gimp suit (laughs) and a cucumber and (laughs) put them together. That is to say, you fear to have sex. Sure. You fear the horny. So anyway, uh, to get it back to the book, I I just feel like, you know, for me, like getting into like so much of the mechanics of like the corporations and these missions and this is what they're doing. Prometheus and Covenant, big time. Yeah, and I just don't. I'm not interested in that shit. Like that. That all of that stuff is such a small like means to an end backdrop stuff yes. in yeah. the two good alien movies um that i just i don't care like i don't care if you know uh i forget the name of the organization even um ba 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 uh wayland uh utani is is yeah. the the big corporation like i don't care i don't care about what they're doing i don't care that they're experimenting on aliens like i'm not interested in any of that like that's I feel like that's like the again, right? The original Alien is a horror movie. In my mind, the cardinal sin of any horror movie is when you explain the monster, when you explain what's happening, and you explain yeah. who the players are. I don't fucking care. And like, yeah. it, it's cool, I guess, that there's this like father son dynamic of this guy, and he went through this stuff, and the son's a you know a a, a, a radical you know anti corporate you know, whatever, revolutionary terrorists, whatever you want to call them, I don't know. Like, I guess that's cool, but I don't... It, it, it speaks to the same exact problem that I have uh, with the modern... Um, the monster 
stuff, the 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 kaiju series that they're trying to pop off over here, right? Where it's like the Godzilla stuff. Yeah, but oh. all of it, right? Like the because hmm. it's Kong and it's it's the whole you know, I forget they have a name for it. I I feel like the the movies of that series that I like the least are the ones that focus on people the most. Like so the all first three of them. <laughs> well, I mean Kong's like a little bit better anchored in that way. It focuses a lot on the people too. Yeah, but it's on a group of people rather than like a person, which I think does help because like mm. John mm. C. Riley's character in that movie is like likable. And like that's all he needed to be, right? Is like he's comic relief. He's a means to an end. Like that's fine. Um the, the, the reality is like the best Godzilla like in Kong movies, I guess, are ones that do focus on people, but they do a good job of it and like it's a tough it's a tough tightrope they're walking with those. But uh you're right. I think when you do a movie and the premise is simple and you try to walk it back and explain everything, like, it's the same reason why so many prequels don't work, because you're just trying to like flesh out a thing that never needed to be fleshed out. And just isn't interesting. It, it's not necessary, frankly. Like you're right. The whole appeal of alien and even aliens is like we're not like, yeah, we get a little more um so I guess aliens, what it does that makes it work is it does the bigger thing. Like, all right, we're gonna do it a bit bigger. And you know, that works half the time. And in that and in aliens it works. So they, there was one xenomorph in the original alien and it worked really well. Aliens like would throw a million aliens in there and there's a queen. Right. But where do you go from there? There's nowhere else to go. And yeah, and, and I I just I don't know, like it, it it's like this whole thing feels like very like, oh, remember this too? Like it's like, oh yes, uh, the the bishop unit. It's a bishop from remember bishop from aliens. It's robots, right? So there's a bishop here too, and it's like, well, that's that's been in every alien movie. I know, but it's like this is like supposed to be a hundred years later. You expect me to believe well, that that's still relevant? You know what I mean? Yeah, like it it feels like when you get to the prequels, and it's like, oh. Technology hasn't changed that much in the last hundred years, huh? Like that doesn't make sense. Like there's a ro- there's a robot in Aliens. That's a, and that's a hundred years after Alien, basically. Right, but even that, right? Like in Alien, it's Ash, and then it's like there's at yeah. least difference. Like yes, there was another robot. Fine, you can have there be another robot, but when it's like when the subversion of that is that in the first one, the alien is the, the robot is like the bad guy. Really? He's the real bad guy. Well, and you don't know he's a robot until it's revealed mm-hmm. either. Right. Like those are the things that make that intriguing. And the sequel, it's subverted when the robot helps Ripley. And then again, right? Like in this, in the beginning, it says in 2022 and it, it describes the, the crew of the Nostromo and the original plot of alien. Right. So that's 2122 is, is the, where that timeline begins for us. The yeah. current, book is is in uh 2200 so this is you know 78 years later uh 178 like years yeah. is it 178 years 888 no i'm right yeah sorry it'd be 80 uh, um uh, i just I, I don't know man um yeah and for me there's no heat here i don't care about the characters the conflict between the dad and the son, I, like I'm looking at those, I just happen to be looking at those pages and it, it feels manufactured for conflict. Hmm. Uh, 
especially on the dad's angle, like, you know, they plant the seed well enough that, okay, the son has ulterior motives here. Um, He got what he needed. He's going to get out. But the, the main character and his reaction to it feels wildly out of place. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I just, I didn't find anything to grab onto in this, in this book. Like it just, it just feels like, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't mean to be like dismissive of anything. Like I'm sure, you know, Philip Kennedy like has a story to tell here or whatever. And you know, if, if it, it, it sounds like you were not really interested in the premise and you weren't going to give it a lot. Like it's kind of the justice league problem, the Zack Snyder justice league problem that like, um, there's not a lot of goodwill and it would take a lot to win you over. Yeah. And, and for this, like it gave me nothing to hold on to. Yeah. So it's very easy for me to just be like, this isn't for me, and I'm not interested in this, and that's okay. And there's certainly people that want more alien stuff. They want all that exposition. They want a deep dive. I guess. You know? I don't I, know. I, w- I would love to meet that person. Uh, well, that's Sean, right? That's why he likes Prometheus. And there's a lot of people like that. But like, I mean, never mind then. But I think Alien versus Predator was that. Like, that had a lot of world building. That has its fans. Like, it's a thing. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and, and not to say that like that there's nobody that cares, but I, I guess my question is like how many people actually seem to care because like those movies didn't do super well. That's true. So I just don't. I don't know. Th- this to me feels like the wrong direction for Alien, and you know, I don't know if there is a right direction for Alien. Yeah, I I kind of think it's to leave it alone, or or to like reboot it. You know, like if you wanted to do, I, I would be way more interested. I think in the idea of we're going to just do alien again with a new cast and do something else rather than like continuing to try to build on this mythos that has a rotten foundation. Mm. But personally, I'd rather you just leave it alone for maybe ever, at least That's for a how while I feel about most things when it comes to IPs. <laughs> yeah. Or again, right. Like, like find other ways. Like there was, you know, um, before we got on the mic, Phil was asking me about, um, alien isolation, that game from a couple of years ago. Mm. And like, like there are other things you can do with the IP. Like that's fine. But like, do we need more alien, alien movies? Alien lends itself to a video game, a good horror video yeah. game. Yeah. You can do the original story and have it be fresh. I don't yeah. know. Let's jump over to ultra mega. I, I got nothing else to say unless you guys do. Nope. You uh, you felt the most passionately about it. I didn't feel anything about it. So yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So so Ultra Mega. Uh. You know. Obviously. Um. Like I said at the top. Uh. This is a James Heron joint. He is the creator, artist, and writer. Uh. With Dave Stewart on colors and Russ Wooten. Uh. Helping out with letters. Um. So this was a kale pick. Uh, it actually came out last week, technically, but we had a light week this week. Alien was the only book to talk about, so we were able to sneak this one in. Um, Thank God. Yeah, otherwise it would have been a short review. Uh, so the the elevator pitch here, right, is that um, there is this virus uh, or plague that, um, you know, kind of attacks people at random and, you know, turns them into these kaiju giant monsters uh, and that there are... You know, three uh, men who are chosen by this, you know, otherworldly being who kind of gives them uh, this this eyeball that goes into their chest and turns them into, you know, these like Super Sentai style giant, you know, heroes who can who can fight these kaiju. Um, 
what I thought was interesting was like this. It's okay. So obviously the premise of this book is something that is is clearly very attractive to Kale. But the fact that you like this issue is actually really surprising to me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Because the art's really good. But I think if this was any other kind of story, you would have complained about this, Kale. Kale, let's hear it, man. You're on trial. It's a double long issue. And the entire thing is like setting up the rules of this world. But literally none of it seemingly is going to have anything to do with what with what goes forward. Cal? Uh, I don't know. Um, I <clears throat> this was fun is the thing. Like mm. even even as it's setting things up, it gives you a character to bond with. Um, and it gives you, you know, it it makes him sympathetic to a degree. Like I, I wouldn't say I felt a lot for this character, but I, I, you know, I, I felt enough to get me through and then it got me to the monster fighting parts. And that's, you know, that's what we're here for. Um, and then in the, I guess it's the back matter. Um, James Heron says, you know, he's very, he wanted to, he, wanted very specifically to be able to take his time uh, to do this first issue justice and sort of reach into his manga sensibilities. Uh, yes, I, I and it, that, it like a manga. That really worked for me. So I think I think to a degree, yes, but I think this has the makings not only in in genre, but uh in content and style that works for me really really well as well it's uh it's like a space riders thing for me uh that was a that was a very uh divisive uh book club we all had it was like marco and me versus everyone else um so i think it's a bit of a spectrum where it's kind of substance on one end and style on the other. And if you can go really far in the style direction, I'll come around big time. Mm -hmm. And this book is beautiful to look at. It is imaginative and it's just weird. It's blue. It's fucking disgusting in a good way. (laughs) And that's, and that's another thing about it too, is it, it also blends the you know the the kaiju genre with horror very well yeah and i don't know it's hard to say how much substance there is here yet it's a first issue and there's a lot of like there's a lot of world building going on i don't know how pete kind of pointed out it might be thrown out by the next issue and that's totally possible uh but it 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 horseshoes so far in the style direction that i really loved it because it's just uh, how often do you read comics where uh, a, a, a a hero is impaled on a building and his guts are hanging out? And we just read Invincible, so I don't. Uh, fair. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to say here lately, pretty often, <laughs> pretty pretty yeah, pretty often lately. Yeah. Um, you get my point, though. No, yeah, absolutely. I, it's just funny because um, I I. I like the issue. Uh, I didn't. I didn't mean to come at that like loaded or anything. Sure. It's just like. But you did. Yeah. Um, you shit. I did. Uh, you did it for the drama. Well, because here's the yeah, thing, right? Like, 
the art's a slam dunk. Like, I'm not surprised that anybody walks away from this being like, holy shit, have you seen this book? Like, look at it. Mm. It's imp- mm. it's really impressive. Um, but the fact that, that you were so high on it, Kale, was really surprising to me because I really do – it feels like the same kind of things that I've heard you dig other books for. Like, the fact that I, like, you get to the end of this issue and it's like – you know, effectively, the whole thing was... It's going to be something completely different in yeah. the next issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. This I, kind of feels like a zero issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, well, I think it's interesting that you say that, that I you found me so high on it, because I hadn't read it before today. Oh. Like, I didn't, I didn't suggest it because I'd read it before. I, okay. Really, I just suggested it because gotcha. I wanted to read it. Like, Interesting. Okay, yeah. You were I, brought in by the sales pitch. That probably... Yeah colors why i was thinking that because as i was reading it, i was like really like kale's this into this like this is it feels like a lot of the storytelling things that will drive you up a wall but so, i also know it's it's extremely stylish and it's subject matter that you care about so like yeah. that's an yeah. easy maybe a little more forgiveness yeah for sure well pete how do you feel about it um i think it's a really strong issue of a comic it being the jumping off point for a series overall I am a little more mixed on it because I enjoyed the issue, but I feel like kind of, um, I kind of feel like I have the inverse problem of what we have on Radiant Black right now. Where like Radiant- So much happened. Yeah, like so much happened. And then the fact that you get to the end and it's like, and none of that matters. It's like, oh. And I mean, like, I'm sure it will matter, right? Like, I don't know about you guys. I got the impression that, uh, that this, you know, the the new hero that we're going to be following on the outside of the wall or whatever, like, is that his child? I think that's the the son, right? Yeah. So you know, if, if the ultimate kind of place where this is going is his son becomes the new hero and you know has to go kill his half brother, demon, whatever kaiju monster thing, like. Yeah, okay. Like that that could go somewhere cool and and with that, I understand why you would want to give us the backstory a little bit. Mm. But I feel like for it being a double issue and for it doing it as much as it does, it didn't I don't know, like it it gave me so much, but I also feel like it didn't give me enough for how much there was. Like for you to be like here are like 5 to 6 named characters that matter in the history of this world and are are relevant to varying degrees and then like they're all dead or or whatever but like it's kind of like did we did he need to have two other ultra megas like did there need to be the kid who loses his arm and then he dies and the random vagrant who's a man of few words like like I didn't dislike those characters or anything, but if they're already dead and they're never going to come back or or anything, it's like, why do we waste time telling me about their backstory? I would rather know more about the father of our protagonist and his first wife and his current wife. Like, do those characters matter at all? Or like, I don't. Go ahead, Kale. I can tell. Well, you. I, 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 I mean, <laughs> to a degree that's my problem with reviewing things issue by issue in the first place. Like you're, you're not going to have, you know, all the answers you want in the first issue. Sure. Pete's concerned that it won't matter at all. 
Yeah. And I get that, you know, but that's also why we have to wait and see where the series goes. Like, yeah. you know, and, and I, I, I don't even know if this is an ongoing or if it's a, um, a mini. you know, a limited series. Yeah. So, at, you know, to your point about like Invincible, like for all that's we know, we might not find out who these characters are or what they matter until issue 100. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of getting ahead of us ourselves in the book club, but you know, some people in the book club were criticizing Invincible for like introducing these characters and it not going anywhere right away, which I defended because for me, I don't need everything put in front of me right away. And I, I understand that um, Heron was kind of, uh, he, he put a lot on the table right away. He wanted to establish as much as he could. He wanted to world build, kind of get in and get out in a quick and dirty kind of way. And I, Normally, would uh, I think normally that kind of style of things I would take issue with, but it was so stylish that I could forgive that kind of aspect of it. And I think all your criticisms are legit, Pete. But you know, I feel like this is the kind of book that's telling you not to think too hard about that and move along. And and I think that's okay. Like, I, it's not even necessarily that I'm like levying those as criticisms. They were more just like things. These are the feelings I'm having reading it. Yeah. Right. And it's not like me saying like, oh, like if it doesn't address this moving forward, this was a bad issue. It's more like it's more like me asking the question. Right. And I guess repositing the question that you just brought up, Kel, of like, OK, if this is a mini or if the, if we only have so many issues with this, why is this where we started or why is this where um, where all that attention went? And like to your point that might all be relevant. And like, I might in a couple issues being like, Oh my God, thank God. I know that because now this has so much more weight or whatever. But I think just, it's a, it's a common narrative technique to kind of drop you into the action right away. And then, but this well, isn't the action though. This is the inciting incident, right? You know, and that's, I think in, you know, I think that can be a double edged sword. Like I, I can see where you're coming from Pete, but like, I also think that, there's a degree where the amount of world building it would take to make all this work and tell this story in the other, you know, whatever's coming mm -hmm. um, could be more complicated than just showing it on, on the page. Yeah. And that's true. And, and maybe, maybe I feel that way when we get to the, the first issue with our new main character, right? We're like, yeah, we're off to the races and I understand the rules of the world and that benefits the, the pace of the story moving forward. Then at that point, it's kind of like, okay, cool. Like that was, that was what you needed to do. That was the groundwork you needed to lay. And I respect that. Um, I, I guess, I guess my question is, is yeah. is like, why, why not start there? If that's the story you really want to tell, but I'm not, I'm not writing it. Right. So you tell me. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe this is the you know the story we wanted to tell. Yeah. So, and who's to say? Maybe there is like a uh, a mix of past and present, and like my yeah my my thinking just you know, and I just thought of this is just like you know the there there's a legacy of three ultra megas here, you know, so there only being one at the end and he's not really like he doesn't look like the others yeah he's uh, not know. giant right he's just a kid right uh it might show 
it might have needed to show like the legacy and what these guys were before so that we could build on that and see yeah. something different you know yeah and 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 fair play right i think i think i guess i guess what i would want in that case would be a little bit more of the present day and the character i'm actually going to follow and then you maybe drip feed me that stuff over time but to your point you don't know you're going to get the opportunity to do that so yep if that was the that's the gamble you made that's the gamble you made right um so i my question is what else has james heron even done he said this was his first writing um uh credit i feel <laughs> like i've seen him do other stuff though Let's find out. I looked it up. I, I couldn't see anything. I couldn't find anything. Uh, oh, Rumble. Rumble, Rumble. And he's worked on yeah. BPRD. Yeah, okay. Rumble is uh, supposed to be great. I have it. I got it in a Humble bundle. I haven't gotten to it, but it's supposed to be really, really good. Yeah, okay. He's worked on a few other things for like Marvel and DC. Okay. All right. Seems like his big, uh, his first big at bat, though. All right. All right. I fuck with it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, um for the for the 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 stuff I've said here that, you know, might come off as negative, like I definitely enjoyed the first issue and I, I think it's it's an interesting elevator pitch for an interesting world. Um that's for sure. And the idea of like a kind of like post-apocalyptic super sentai kaiju world is definitely a unique one. You know, that's that's interesting. So, um, I'm definitely down to see where it goes. Um, it, it, I think the art alone was enough to, to catch my attention and merit me coming back for at least the second issue. I think it's a beautiful book. So cool. Yeah. And like, obviously it wears its influences on its sleeve, but I think it also has a super distinct and fresh style. Phil, you were praising the monster design. Mm -hmm. Um, I think. Yeah, like it, it, it has its own vibe for sure. Just neat ideas. Like uh, this Prince Kaiju thing looked fucking sick. And there's just like lines of dialogue that felt Grant Morrison-esque and like uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek uh, seriousness. Like at the end, as they're kind of talking about the future or whatever, they're like, our next protectors will be manufactured products of our own labor. It's not some gargantuan individual that will save us, but the collective man, a man that need only be big enough to fit on the production line, a production line that will birth titans, titans that will never waver, never eat. And then finally a separate panel zoomed in on the face of this titan that is like, looks like it's out of Robo, Robocop 2, never sleep. <laughs> Just so much fun. It's so like silly. Uh, uh similarly something that also hit that kind of flavor for me was like i love when he goes to like call his wife and his head doesn't shrink yeah <laughs> i was like super yeah. funny <laughs> it's great it, it, it has a lot of, I, I, it's got me interested in seeing more i want to see how this plays out mm. yeah same definitely definitely a cool book i'm glad uh i'm glad you recommended it kill yeah i'm very pumped about this book yeah, so we'll have to see so. where this one goes. Um, if you guys uh, want to let us know what you thought about Ultra Mega Number 1 or Alien Number 1, remember you can get us in the comments down below. You can hit us up at thecomicspals at gmail.com or come join our Discord where uh, we're always talking about what we're reading in our comic chat. So 
Um, yeah, let us know what you thought. Are these books you'd like to see us keep up with? Um, any books that you read this week that we didn't get to that you feel like we, uh, we should have checked out? Um, let us know in all those ways that I just laid out. And of course, uh, if this is your first time joining us, go check out the Comics Pals proper, our weekly comic book podcast where we talk about all the uh, news and, you know, kind of all the goings on in the world of comics and, you know, all the related media. Um, then we've also got We Watched Watchmen. It's not We Watch Watchmen. That's an old one. We Watch Invincible and We Watch Falcon Winter Soldier, uh, which you can grab on uh, Saturdays. So go check all that stuff out. Um, and we'll catch you next week for another Comics Pals review. Take care. Hello, I- I submitted an application for us to be the new twins that summon Mothra. Ooh. Uh, yeah. So uh, I hope you've been shaving your bikini zones because we're going to. Whoa. I will today. <laughs> <laughs> Tune great. into the OnlyFans for that one. <laughs> <laughs>